0: Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Darren Greenwald and I'm Dennis Jackson and you're listening to the The M3 Minutes. Minutes. This is a show where we talk about M3 and what's going on in the hospitality industry. Today we have with us Cassie Johnson checking into the podcast and she is going to be sharing some holiday fun about the company along with some surprise trivia at the end. So Cassie, welcome to the show. Thank you just go ahead and to break the ice, tell us a little bit about you yourself and what your position is at the company and what you do.
1: Sure, so thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor um, to have you. <laughs> it's good to be here. So I am COO and Innovations Leader at M3, which basically encompasses all of service-related functions, training, implementation, customer service, as well as product development, quality assurance, infrastructure, Pretty much everything that no one else wanted to deal with. So that's kind of my job here.
0: Gotcha. So what does COO stand for?
1: Chief Operations Officer.
0: Ah, oh, gee, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. How it. long have you been at M3?
1: 19 years.
2: 19 years. Yes. Prior to that, you were in the hotel industry.
1: Yes, and I was 12 when I started here, <laughs> so I want to clear that up. Um, I was a front desk clerk in college and then decided to change my major to hospitality. I fell in love with it and just kept going from there. I held sales positions, general management out of college. And then I got a phone call one day that they needed someone to train people on hotel accounting software. And I was like, wow, I don't know anything about accounting or software. That sounds perfect for me. So here I am 19 years later.
0: And was that just because you were looking for the challenge of something new?
1: You know, I was. I had moved to Atlanta. I was working at a, at a hotel company, and things were going, going well. Um, but at that point, I felt like I was either going to be more of a regional operations manager or try something different. And when this came along, it just seemed like a good chance to see if that was a good fit or not.
0: It looks like it turned out all right.
1: Turned out great.
0: Now, who was the person on the other side of the phone when you got the phone call?
1: John McKibben called me up and said, hey, I know you have a good situation with your new job. I was director of sales at that point, and, you know, wondering if you would come talk to Alan Reed, because I had worked for John at his hotels for about five years at that point, so he knew who I was and had gotten recommendations from other people within his hotel management company that I might be a good fit for that job. So I went and talked to Alan Reed a few days later and he's like, when can you start? I said, well, let me go talk to my current employer, you know, tell my boss, put my notice in and then I'll get back to you. So a few hours later, I called him up and I was like, I can start Monday. And this was Friday. And he was like, wait, what happened? I was like, well, They just said I didn't need to work out my notice, so I'm going to come Monday. So then I think he was concerned that I had done something wrong, that they didn't want me to stay. So he was like, are you sure everything's fine? But, yeah, they just said, go ahead. So I went to work on Monday and never looked back.
2: And was this a location? This was not a location in Georgia. Didn't you start out at a training center in Charleston?
1: Well, I actually relocated to Charleston after starting in the Gainesville office. So I was in the original M3 office that was basically a basement of a two-story ranch-style building, which looked more like a house than a business. And the training room, the best part about it, had windows that looked into the server room. So while training, I could point to servers with the lights on and say, see, it's working. And... You know, everybody would get a chuckle out of that, but didn't come out to see daylight until the end of the day. (laughs) Stayed (laughs) in that room (laughs) for long hours, but had so much fun doing that. I remember having to go to Alan's office every day, at least once, if not multiple times, and ask him questions about accounting. You know, what do they mean by this? What are they trying to do? And then he would explain, he was a really good teacher. He basically taught me everything I know about accounting as it relates to the hospitality industry.
0: That's a good plug in uh, brown nosing, right? <laughs> I don't think I need to do that anymore, actually.
1: I think, I'm, I think I passed that about 15 years ago.
0: And what Cassie's talking about with the training room, uh, when I started almost nine years ago, uh, you get trained in this training room and there's the set of windows that she's talking about. And I, apparently when I started, they started covering up the windows And so if you didn't know your orientation of the building, you thought you were looking outside. And so it was like four months after I started that somebody like walked behind the windows and like opened them and kind of, I, all of a sudden like a light bulb went off, like, oh my God, that's a server room. I thought I'd been looking outside. Like it was just the ambient sunlight coming in and like this really dark training room in the uh, basement on the, which went downstairs.
1: We found it advantageous that people have no idea what time it is when they're working.
0: Just like casinos, (laughs) the clocks never work. Now, uh, I'm sure our producer can probably shoot off some fireworks or clapping and sort of all sorts of massive cheering, but, you know, Cassie has been named uh, this year in 2019, one of Tampa's business women of the year. And I know I stole that question from you, Dennis, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, Walking in here, we have a, in our Gwinnett office, we actually have a framed article of her and her business suit doing the professional photo and a whole article about it so just tell us that whole thing you know how did it come sure. about how did you feel when you went
1: so initially i just thought it was another kind of pr stint no, not a big deal i was gonna maybe do some interviews or fill out an application and then never hear back um, so when i first got the information that i was selected to be considered and i went in and filled out the application while on vacation I thought, okay, this is, this is just a good exercise for me to kind of relive the past and think about some of our accomplishments just overall, not even just me personally, but how far M3 has come. But then a few months later, I'm sitting at my desk and somebody emails me, congratulations, and then the next email comes in, congratulations. And it were people that I hadn't heard from in a few years that lived in Tampa. So I'm like, what are they congratulating me on? Well, it had turned out that they had already released the article describing who the nominees were. And I was in the newspaper and had already now this online presence and people notified. So I emailed my contact at the Tampa Bay Business Journal and I was like, hey, do you guys wanna tell me what's going on? And they were like, well, you were selected. So they call it a class of 2019 and they selected about 27 individuals out of hundreds of applicants that they considered to be the honorees for Businesswoman of the year and they host a banquet and you get to go with your family and friends and colleagues. So John McKibben and Alan joined me. You go to this event and they have guest speakers and they talk about all the great things in the community. They give you an award. It's quite an elaborate event. So it was really, really great to be there. And the best part of all of it was I got to take my daughter with me. So she got to see what it was like to be in a room full of really talented professional women and meet all these different people we got to meet the mayor of Tampa jane castor, so that was that was also a really really exciting day
0: Who was the most? like, powerful person in that room? Obviously, you're surrounded by a whole bunch of executives or maybe owners of companies, but, you know, like, was there celebrity-level owners or anybody there that was like, wow, this person's here?
1: Well, the local celebrity was Judy Ginshaft. She was the president of University of South Florida for many years, and she just retired, so they gave her a Lifetime Achievement Award. And I had graduated with my master's in 2012 at USF, and when we were in the ceremony she's announcing different things, telling stories about different students, and then she goes into saying, and in our master's program, there's a you know working mother graduating with a 4.0, her name is Cassandra Johnson, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I had no idea she was gonna talk about me. So I got to meet her this year as part of this event and tell her how much that meant to me to have her talk about me at graduation in a room full of thousands of people and she was like, "You know what? That's one of my favorite things about my job is really promoting and celebrating the success of the students." So, all in all for me, it was like meeting a celebrity. I don't know if anyone outside of our community <laughs> knows who Judy is, but props to Judy. She's amazing.
0: And did you get a cool selfie where you got to upload it somewhere on social media and got like four likes or
1: No, yeah. I'm I'm, you know, I'm not on Insta, so it wasn't really a priority for me. To to gotcha. do that.
0: All right.
2: Well, let's talk about some of the items that may have led up to this nomination for this award. You have a lot of areas of responsibility at M3. Uh, one of those is customer service. So I know you work on that quite a bit. You have to devote a lot of your resources to that. But what do you want customers of M3 to think about? What word comes to mind for a customer when they think of M3 service? What are you, what are you trying to work towards?
1: that we care we genuinely care about the success of each and every user that calls in we hire people with accounting experience technical experience you know we make sure that they're the subject matter expert so when you do call in you're talking to somebody that understands what's going on they can help you through that and they're not timed they're not trying to get you off the phone they're not trying to read a script They're listening, they're asking questions, they're shadowing you in the software, and they really wanna make sure that before you hang up the phone, you have exactly what you need. Because the worst thing is calling in someplace, not getting the right answer, having to talk to three or four other people, and then eventually getting what you need. So we try to avoid that.
2: And where is that support department located?
1: So the primary support team is here in Gwinnett. We have over the years had some additional support augmented down in the tampa office but most of that team is here and we have been building that team out to have certain focuses so that you have an accounting core team you have an insight team you have a time management team and a broader technical team that can help troubleshoot more of the technical nuances logging in printers things like that
0: and you answered dennis's question so thoroughly that it actually stole mine which was what makes m3's uh, customer service stand out so could you give maybe statistics or just something that truly shows what you just described the fruition of what it becomes
1: sure so I mean after every case and we help somebody we send them a survey do you feel like we helped you are we knowledgeable and to date we have over a 98% satisfaction rate for helping the customer so the evolution of that though for me is naturally saying okay well what can we do to help the customer avoid having to call us. We love talking to them, we love helping them, but I'm sure the customers have better things to do than stop what they're doing and call support. So that's kind of the evolution of where we're going is shifting that mindset, preventing that need to call us and get help. But when we do help you, we, again, want to make sure you have everything you need.
0: And I can definitely vouch for that because I started in support myself and uh, coming from a call center place where their goal is to get you off the phone. You know, you have very strict timelines and it's not really about helping it. Uh, when I interviewed here and actually Cassie was part of (laughs) my interview process when they actually showed me the building, I was like, this is easy. It was like, we just care about the customer first compared to trying to get them off the phone as quick as possible. This is different, you know, and I think that directly relates to it as well.
2: So I know in order to supplement customer service, M3 has created a position called Customer Success Managers. Can you address uh, what that exactly is?
1: Sure, happy to. So as we've grown, You know, one of the biggest challenges is to make sure that we stay engaged and involved at a higher level with our enterprise level customers. And in the past, that has primarily been Alan, myself, other executives at M3, you know, going out and doing client visits, talking to them about what they need, what their future plans are, but it's gotten to the point where we cannot be in multiple places at the same time. right? There's only so many trips we can make, so many meetings we can have. And we still try to do all of that, but we really wanted to make it an ongoing effort. So we've created a position, customer success manager. They have a list of accounts, a list of customers that they go out and visit. They stay in touch with them. They sit down and do executive review of the account. What are your goals, what do you need, and how can M3 help you? And then they come back to M3 and help facilitate either an implementation or a change or a new enhancement to the software, but they're acting on behalf of those customers.
0: Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? So, like, if a customer is working directly with them, are they assigned? What would they actually expect from the customer success manager?
1: So really they become the liaison for anything above and beyond a typical support case, right? So if I'm you know, coming into a new project as a customer of M3 and I'm not really sure where to start, maybe I have renovation work and I need to track the project expenses within the application and I've never done that before. They can go back to the customer success manager, tell them what they're trying to do and what they're trying to achieve. That person will come back to M3 and find the right resources, get plans together, put it in action and then follow up with the customer to make sure things are happening as they, sh- as they should.
2: Can I give you a scenario and you tell me how the uh, customer success manager would react or if that's the person that would react Let's say that I'm an accounting manager and I'm having a lot of trouble with bank reconciliations and I cannot figure out the cash reconciliation module in accounting core. Now, I could call support, I could call professional services, I could call the customer success manager. What would you recommend in that instance so just so I can see how this works?
1: Sure. I mean, it's always a good idea if you're not sure to start with the help portal and go through support because support will know, you know, what they can help with what they can accomplish within their purview or what they need to recommend either to the training department or professional services or elevate it up to the customer success manager now if you already have a customer success manager and you've already met with them and you know who they are you can certainly start with them but the same process will take place once that person knows what your need is and in, in that instance we would start with additional augmented training Right, So they will help facilitate that schedule and get it you know, to a point where you feel comfortable with the module.
0: I think this is also, since we did such a good job plugging last time, that we can plug the ideas.m3s.com website as well. Uh, I'm sure they're involved in that. Can you kind of explain what that is and how it ties together with the customer success?
1: Sure. So unlike... Um, Some of the immediate things that you can address and support, we get a lot of enhancement requests from all of our users all over the place. They happen during training class, they they happen during the sales process, and then also as people are using the application day to day. So our customers get access to an ideas portal. They can go in and create a new request for an enhancement to the software, you know, something the software doesn't already do, and other users get to vote on it. So our product management team monitors this on a frequent basis and they look to identify trends, things that have been voted on multiple times. But just so you know, we can also tell who votes on it. So if you get your entire company to vote on it and you're 60 votes out of 65, you know, we might take that into consideration that that maybe just your company wants it, (laughs) but it does matter, and getting that kind of information really helps us make the right decision at the right time.
2: That sounds like voter fraud. <laughs> Should we investigate?
1: It is something we have visibility into, though. We can we can certainly tell who's trying to promote their own idea versus whether or not it's a really a global need.
0: So you, you heard it here first, the email address matters. Yes, it does. <laughs> so... Just tell us, like, what is, in all the years you've been working for M3, just what is your favorite customer success story?
1: Wow, it's hard to pick just one. Um, I love working with customers that challenge us to be better than we are today. Those are my favorite customers. You know, they they, they come into the mix, and we think we've identified everything that's going to help them be successful, and we put plans together, and inevitably there's always something that comes up, right? They, for, they forgot to tell us or we forgot to ask. Combination of both things. That, that, you know, causes us to really reevaluate, stop really in our tracks, figure out how to accommodate what they need, and get plans moving forward. In most cases, working with customers like that, you know they're very appreciative of our efforts to make sure they get what they need they're very understanding you know having that partnership and working with each other in a way that they understand they're impacting us and vice versa it really changes the game um, the most recent example is working with invest hospitality up in Canada you know working with new Canadian banks that was a big unknown for us we went into it thinking that we knew things turns out we didn't know everything imagine that so we've we've had to kind of learn as we go but they have been so helpful in teaching us what we needed to know to be successful in that market you know now we have expanded opportunities in Canada thanks to them
2: I hope our listeners know what professional services that department what it is here at at M3 Um, do you think the fact that M3 has a professional services division, which is an outsourced accounting department. Do you think that helps with the uh, support system of M3, that we have people that are actually doing hotel accounting here within the company?
1: So two words to describe our professional services team, life savers. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I mean, that is their job. They, they are the lifesavers at M3. They are standing by, you know, with the life preservers, with the lifeboats. They've got a team of people on the ready. You know, somebody, like you mentioned earlier, struggling to understand the bank rec mm-hmm. module. So maybe they learn how to use the module, but they figured out they're six months behind because they didn't know what they didn't know. They can call that team and have somebody engage within a matter of weeks to make sure there's a plan in place to help them get their bank wrecks caught up. They can take a customer situation to the customer that might seem daunting or challenging or even impossible to solve. And they will figure out how to make it work and how to get things moving forward for them. And they'll do it for as long as the customer needs them to. And once the customer feels good about it, if they want to take it back on themselves, they can do that too. The flexibility is really paramount to their success.
2: The beauty of professional services is being able to expand and contract resources. That's right. When needed.
1: That's right, we can scale up with the customers or we can reassign employees to other work. There is never a shortage of work. So we're, we're consistently hiring in that group too, always hiring, so if anyone's out there listening that you know, loves accounting and loves staff accounting or project work or anything to do with hotel accounting, definitely follow us on our careers page because there is always something posted. But because we can scale to that efficiency and because there is no shortage of work again it goes back to that flexibility we can we can pivot and move with whatever the customer needs
0: yeah i heard that uh when professional services first started that the vp at the time was quite a visionary that created what it is today
2: simply so, he was incredible yeah <laughs> uh, that's just just what i've heard <laughs> um we it need was dennis <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was me <laughs> um no, we're, we're proud of that division and they are lifesavers, uh, but they, they, believe me, being back there, they have seen just about everything that you can see and have handled just about every crisis, uh, every task. So that is a very impressive group of people.
0: Yeah, and the other cool part about having them on site and part of M3 is that they're also our customer. You know, right. we get, they're in the building. They can come over and talk with us. They're part of the software development lifecycle part of dream teams and everything else they play a huge role that's right well Cassie to uh, just wrap up our show do you have any closing remarks or things you'd like to tell our listeners
1: I just think this time of year is I mean really special when you can think about all of the things that you've accomplished then spend time with family and friends start the new year with New goals, ambitions, dreams for yourself—you know—it it really is, it really is the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year.
0: Especially, <laughs> that, in Florida, should, be yes, that, should, that be. should be a
2: song. Yes, that should. That should be a song. Yes.
0: Make a note. I think our producers make a note making right a note now. Right yeah, now. we got it. And that concludes our show. Thank you for listening to our season's finale. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and our SoundCloud at M3 Accounting. Since this was our last episode, we'll be back next year with even more fun and exciting episodes related to the hospitality industry that are going to be hospitality and hotel focused as well. And as always, here's to your success. Thanks again for listening.